You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 86. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord by the illustrious talents of Christian at ISO Christian on Twitter without the H. Don't 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 put it in that H. I've tried that once. Undo it. No, don't do it. Uh, <laughs> and the Nintendo aficionado Roro guys, here we are. Thank you for joining us, Christian. Let's get ratchet, boys. I'm ready. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you to everyone watching us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. Just search Podcast PXN and you will find us on there, as well as twitch.tv slash podcast PXN as well. The topic of the show this week, guys, is a bunch of PlayStation news. But first, the show always starts with the PXN news of the week. So let's go ahead and jump right in. The first item on the PXN News of the Week is, guys, you guys are going to kill me for this because I'm going to go on a mini rant here. Yes, Jason Schreier uh, has popped up in, in my feed in, in recent days. And if anyone follows me on Twitter, they've seen my rants over the last several days about it. Uh, there's some important discussions that needs to happen surrounding some of the things that are happening. So essentially to give you the high level information, a three, four, three employee, former employee, uh, basically, uh, posted a video, uh, in Mandarin. It was in a completely different language, uh, that was then, uh, translated to English. And then there's some people that were starting to put some news stories out about what he said and saying that, uh, infinite was having problems and, and, uh, saying that the, the work conditions there were not good and all this stuff. And the problem is, Nobody reached out to this guy to actually talk to him about it. He just was posting this video and it was more in terms of like helping people get into game development. If you if you actually understood the language he was in, which I don't, uh, he talks about like getting into the industry and helping people out and like just giving experiences about it. And people took it as like a news story and were posting about it in a negative light. And he actually had to post another video to his personal channel that he posted in English. He, he spoke about it and he was very upset and he was visibly upset about the entire situation because he was saying there was all these news outlets that were reporting things that weren't correct and weren't things that he actually said and overblown, I guess, so to speak. And one of my problems with the whole situation was Jason Schreier. And the reason is because he posted a Twitter post essentially saying like what's happening here with Halo Infinite is normal in the industry. Like this is uh, this is just another you know issue with Halo Infinite. Or he said something to that regard. I don't know exactly because I can't tell you because I'm blocked, uh, of course, by Jason Trier. Uh, and the reason for that is because he can't accept criticism. That is my problem. Jason Trier... I have never been like, there are people out there that are very crappy on the internet. I am not that. I am always positive, positively reinforcing. So 
I made comments to him on Twitter on multiple accounts being very friendly about it saying, hey, this is not accurate information. Here's the video that he posted in follow up and he wants people to clarify this. And Jason didn't clarify it until I think two days later, he posted a long thing. And at the end of it, he said, I'm not ashamed to block Xbox fanboys and all of this, which I'm everyone knows I'm an Xbox fan. I'm not one of those crazy fanboys with the, the M, the Scorpio and all that stuff. I'm not that. And it pissed me off because he blocked me on yet another account that when I was pointing out that situation that he didn't he didn't reach out to this guy to even follow up on the, the entire situation. I was just very frustrated. I just had to, I had to go off about that. Uh, I'm not sure. Do you guys, did you guys see anything of what was going on there or uh, have thoughts on that? I, I tried to keep up and it was, a lot of it was through, through some of your tweets and some stuff that was trending. And like to Jason's point, there is a conversation that should happen in the games industry about crunch and crunch culture. Um, but the problem here is, of course, you've said it is the like culture of being the first to press that you know has been in vogue and is especially with like the immediacy of the internet is in vogue right now. Of once you see something, put it out on the site, get clicks, and then edit later, which isn't always like that's not what you learn in journalism school. It, it shouldn't be that way, and so that's definitely an issue that that someone should have reached out to him before publishing something like this. Definitely. Yeah, I, I completely agree um, that stuff like that where stuff gets lost in translation happens a lot when it is coming from a different language. And that is something that he should have been wary of when doing this story as well. It happens a lot with Nintendo stuff as well, like when it comes from a Japan source and it gets translated over here. I remember a lot of times the Nintendo president would have like a, would say something and then it'll be translated here and be like, why would he say something like that? That's so weird. But it makes sense in his his language, and I feel like some of that may have been lost in the translation part of this. But I agree with Christian that and Daniel that I think he should have definitely <laughs> uh, talked with the guy first. Um, and I've seen Daniel's Daniel's tweets as well, like as as he said. But I can also vouch for that that he is not rude in any way towards anybody when he's disagreeing with somebody. He's very you know very cordial and polite. And I I have seen it with other people besides Daniel too that. He's very quick to block, and and he is in his right to do that. But I also think, as a person in the industry at his level, I feel like he should be a little bit more wary as to who he is blocking, especially when it's the person that isn't deserving. But at, at the same time, it's his account; he can do whatever he wants. But yeah. that's just where I stand on it. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. And yeah, at the end of the day, he has to have some kind of accountability because you're in a major position of reporting news and. He does break news a lot, but uh, yeah, you got to have some accountability there for sure. And he, he he blocked Paris Lily of all people. Yes, a while ago. Really? Like, yeah. Yes, and and he was totally polite about what he was saying too. And it's like, why? Yep. Why do that? It's, it's it was weird. Yeah, I don't know if it's it's been reversed ever since, but yeah, yeah, I remember that being a thing a while ago as well. He's had a history of just not very pleasant things that. I couldn't tell you exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jason. I appreciate, 
I appreciate the rant, though. Yeah, <laughs> I apologize. Uh, Jason, I'm not a fan. Sorry. Uh, moving on to uh, Gearbox. There's a, a rumor going around, or at least there was, that uh, they were assisting with development for a spinoff Borderlands game, uh, which actually shortly thereafter this got you know leaked or whatever you want to call it. Randy Pitchford, who is the head guy at... Uh, Gearbox and Rory already does this. He's another one of my favorite guys, Randy Pitchford. He's a real piece of work. Another person I'm not a fan of. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, anyways, yeah, it, it's interesting because he uh, essentially said that Gearbox would be the lead developer on anything Borderlands. So he was essentially squashing these rumors that this was a uh, them helping another studio with this Borderlands project. So it does sound like this may be actually legitimate though because he he just you know squashed the rumors that it was a, a assisting thing that they are going to lead development so it sounds like we may get a new borderlands game announced at e3 possibly so does that excite you guys uh, christian are you big borderlands guy i'm not and i've tried but i think this is great timing if they can release it in the same window as the film they're making as well mm-hmm. i think getting hype around the borderlands fr- franchise through both those mediums is going to be really cool to see true I'll try it again if if the new Borderlands games comes out for sure. Um, I've also tried, and I am also not a huge fan. I enjoyed my time with three. Um, I don't think I ever reached credits on that game, but I did enjoy what I played. Um, but at the same time, I what I didn't enjoy it enough, obviously, to to complete it. And I think I I when Borderlands four or whatever the spinoff comes. I, I don't know if I will try it. We'll see. But I think uh, the Borderlands ship has sailed for, for me personally. I don't know if I'm ever going to get into that that series. But yeah. I do love looter shooters, so that's why I, I had to give it a shot. But just yeah. wasn't for me, I guess. Christian, I liked your little uh, slip in there of the movie industry to kind of co <laughs> coexist with your uh, large popcorn <laughs> podcast every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Yes, Pacific. So I like movies. <laughs> yes. Uh Anyways, moving on, (laughs) Nintendo has announced the Switch has sold over 84 million units to date. They are on track for over 100 million this year. Wow, that is a lot of Switches. And actually, I think it was last week or two weeks ago that we were just talking about how uh, the Switch is on a a faster selling trend than the PS4, the PS5, everything like that. It's it is going to probably be the the best selling console maybe of all time. I don't know. That's a tall tale, but or a tall task, not a tall tale, tall task to uh, live up to. But uh, do you guys think that this is going to surpass the Wii uh, pretty quickly, or what do you what are your guys' impressions on this? Do you think the shortages will have an impact on this at all? Yeah, because. What is the semiconductor? Is that mm-hmm. affecting the Switch? Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure that'll affect any Switch Pro if there is, if that even exists as well. But I mean, still insane to think about that the Switch is on track to maybe <laughs> surpass the Wii, the Wii of all consoles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think it will eventually surpass the Wii. I think it, I think it can do that. And I think once more. I don't know what Nintendo's plan is with with Mario Kart 9, but if they do a Mario Kart 9, I feel like they'll just give it another huge spike. Like there's there's games that they can do that can even increase it even more. We had such a fantastic year with Animal Crossing, 
and it's just it just keeps going up. So I, I think the Switch is going to continue being very popular, and I can definitely see it overtaking the Wii eventually. The Pokemon games are going to give it a big yes. boost later. Yeah. 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 And if they get a if the Pro model comes, like yeah, yeah, I think it's it's going to be easy for it to eventually take over the Wii. Yeah. We'll have some people double dipping for sure. I'll I'll yeah. definitely double dip for a Pro, and I'm sure you guys <laughs> will as well. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so cool. Uh, next up, guys, Ubisoft has announced the Division Heartland, which is a free to play standalone game for PC, PlayStation and Xbox coming sometime in 2021 to 2022 time frame. Uh, I thought this was interesting because like, what? What? What is this? Like, <laughs> it's like a completely different game, free to play. So, like, but they want to put the, the 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 division name on it. So, like, does that mean it's going to be like a a very like looter shooter game that's going to be free to play, or is it going to be something different? I don't. They don't really give us a whole lot of details uh, from their announcement here, but I feel like if they're putting the division name on it, I feel like it has to have some of those elements, maybe something more akin to like borderlands maybe. Uh, but I guess if it's free to play, I don't know how that plays in because they got to have some kind of monetary value there uh, to, to get them money. Um, what, do, what, what were your guys' impressions by this? Were you uh, kind of confused by this or were you excited by this? What was your thoughts? My initial thought is this is a great way to get people back into the division like fan base because I don't know how well the newest season did and it just launched what like a few weeks ago something like that maybe a month ago yeah. at the latest um but then learning uh that it's not like intrinsically tied to the division like has me curious I I really wish I could have seen like I could see the game then I'd have more concrete thoughts on it but at least this is like tantalizing. Maybe I'll go back to the division, or I guess Heartland, uh, w- with this free-to-play game. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I yeah. was a, uh, I was a bit uh, confused. I guess is the best word I can <laughs> I can use for it when I when I saw it. When I see when I saw, especially a Ubisoft original, I was like, this is going to be a DLC, a spinoff. Like, what is this exactly? Mm-hmm. And then it said free-to-play standalone game. And I was like, oh, that's interesting and this came before the news that came yesterday i think with uh, ubisoft saying they're going to be slowing down on AAA stuff and moving to a more free to free to play um or producing more free to play games so this obviously lines up with that um i think it could work out really well for the division going free to play i don't think the division 2 is is doing that crazy i, I didn't know about the new season launching if it if it did um i I've been pretty out of out of it when it comes to division, and I think it's it's done really well for Destiny, which is another looter shooter game. They went free to play, I think last year. I don't I don't remember exactly when, but it's definitely brought in a, a, a huge amount of people. But obviously, it like you said with the monetization, it does create a a, a more egregious or in your face way to monetize the game, which can turn a lot of people off. And that's why free to play has such a kind of a nasty impression on a lot of gamers but i think it could could be really good for the division i, I think i would be interested in a free-to-play division for sure yeah yeah I, yeah what, 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 what would we think the gameplay is like similar to the division 
I would think so. Like, like I said, like I don't, I don't know why they would put the division on the game as the title uh, and not incorporate like elements of the game. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's definitely weird. Like I can only imagine division as it is now. Yeah. And to to make it the division Heartland free to play standalone games separate from Division Two, but it's still technically the same game, but but free to I don't know. I, it's it's hard. Like Christian said, it's hard to kind of gather thoughts without seeing what it actually is. Yeah. But I I just assume it's more division. But yeah. the last Ubisoft free to play game was hyperscape that battle royale game that launched yep. not too long ago and i know that game was like struggling to get like a, a fan base growing so we'll we'll see how this pans out yeah yeah and, and ubisoft wants to do more of that apparently yeah yeah to what they said yesterday yeah so absolutely see. <laughs> yeah. and that kind of scares me like i'd rather see like ubisoft's traditional open world stuff like that's what i love from ubisoft games like you play far cry you know what you're getting you play assassin's creed you know what you're getting like that those games i still enjoy so like what does the free-to-play model i guess bring us instead of bringing us those games i don't i don't know um Another Ubisoft story, guys. Ubisoft has confirmed that Skull and Bones, you know, that one game that got announced like 20 years ago. Okay, not 20, but uh, (laughs) is being delayed to 2022 to 2023 time frame. This is not surprising because obviously this is many delays they've had with this game already. And at this point, it sounds like with this delay, it's going to be something more significant. It seems like maybe they're focusing on what this game actually is. Um, I know for a long time, people were questioning whether or not the gameplay was going to keep you interested in this game because you're literally just controlling your boat. Uh, or at least that's what they had said initially when they revealed this game. Whereas you have games like Sea of Thieves where you get the entire experience. You get the the boat, the the islands, the swimming, the everything. So that was always my question of like what Skull and Bones was. Like would just the ship combat bat be enough to to keep you excited about about the game? So Christian, did this uh, did this news surprise you, or, or are you excited to see like what they can turn this into? Dude, you took my like the notes that I wrote on my Google Doc like almost verbatim. <laughs> yeah, uh, w- one my my first thoughts was like good, um, you know, uh, let the game sit in development longer because if it's not engaging enough, um, then when it releases, you know, it, it'll could get mixed reviews and and that would essentially kill the game, right? Yeah. When you already have a game like you said, Sea of Thieves that it does so many of these systems so well. I love Sea of Thieves. I've got it on Game Pass. It's fantastic. You need to have something that's going to, you know, compete with with that pirate market. Um, and having the gameplay that looks similar to, you know, an Assassin's Creed, which already has that gameplay as well, is that going to be enough? And so let, letting that uh, simmer in development a little longer is probably for the best. Yeah, I, I totally agree that uh, for the most part, when delays happen, I'm I'm here for it. Take all the time you need to make it something that you guys, that the that studio is proud of and that you think uh, gamers will enjoy. So totally fine with the 2023 slash 2022 delay. Um, I'm excited to see more. I, I agree what we saw the first time didn't seem like something that would interest me for a long time. Like maybe I'll dip my toes in it, but it didn't seem like something that I would have a have an enjoyable time with for a long time. Um, 
to, to kind of give perspective, I, I tried to see when this was actually announced, and it was the same year Metroid Prime 4 was <laughs> was revealed for the first time. So it's, it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I hope they can show us something something soon. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're getting Metroid Prime 4 any second now. Xbox yeah. said it was coming last year, so... <laughs> yeah, any any yeah. any minute now. Yeah. It could happen <laughs> right now, any second. Also, where is Silk Song? I'm oh, waiting no. for it. <laughs> Cuphead DLC, anyone? Yeah. No? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Never coming at this point. Uh, <laughs> guys, EA Sports has announced that they are getting back into baseball by acquiring super mega baseball developer Metalhead Software. Uh, this this is actually kind of significant because um, actually I played the original super mega baseball and it, I think it was on Game Pass maybe or maybe it was Games with Gold or something at one point. Um, but it was actually a pretty solid game, like a solid baseball game. It's like a, it's more of like an arcadey look, but it has like simulated like uh, physics and stuff. So like it, it has like the real life feeling, I guess, of baseball, but the looks of it are like very zany and over the top. Um, so this is very interesting because uh, obviously with MLB the Show now coming multi-platform to all all consoles and PC. This kind of puts EA in inter- in a interesting position where if maybe they can make a deal with M- Major League Baseball to have their own licensed M- MLB game, they can pull this developer in and license their content. I think it'll just be interesting to see if they use like licensed teams in the zany, like crazy art style that they have now, or if they're going to try to transition them to be like a uh, MLB sh- the show competitor. Um, do you guys think one way or the other, uh, Roro, you may not be as akin to, uh, baseball being in Canada. I'm sure that it isn't as big up there. I'm sure, uh, it's not really that big in America anymore, but, uh, America's pastime. What do you mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, does this, uh, does this make you guys think one way or the other that they're going to try to mimic the show or do we think that they're going to try to continue to keep, you know, their diversity, I guess, in, in terms of the gameplay or the looks, I guess. Hmm. I I, sorry. Go go for it, sir. Okay, I'll, I'll go. I'll go real quick. I, I don't think that they are going to stick with the the cartoony look. I feel like they may try to be a competitor with with the show. I just that's just me thinking how EA trying to think how EA thinks. I don't think they're going to try to do anything creative. They're just going to do what they think is is the safe move. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, they stopped making M, uh, NBA Live when 2K kind of took over, and that's something that I really miss. I loved the live games when I was a kid. And if they went back to that, I would probably start picking up the basketball games again. But so so if they're going back to baseball, maybe they, they will do the cartoony thing. But to me, I think they're trying to play it safe. Sorry, Christian, I, I cut you off earlier. No, I mean, you said, what I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I feel like EA would probably try to revolutionize in some way uh, the, the, the older games into some kind of uh, something competitive with uh, the show for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And uh, it, MVP baseball back in the day. You said uh, NBA Live, Roro. I love that as well. 
MVP baseball was my favorite baseball game back then. And that was made by EA, but they kind of were just like, oh, we don't want to do baseball anymore. And they stopped working on it. And I was like, <laughs> no, because that was my favorite back then. But uh, yeah, uh, the show seems to be a pretty good, a pretty solid option yeah. right now for everyone. So um, moving on to some Activision news, guys. Activision has announced they are no longer working with the voice actor behind Simon Ghost Riley after many sexist remarks have surfaced. Um, and this comes both from his accounts, his social media accounts, as well as I saw some uh, unpleasant uh, video from like his Twitch streams, apparently, that he has. I didn't even know about this dude yep. until this came out, but uh, I would not recommend looking this guy up because uh, it's very very nasty things that he says and it's just like why why and obviously i don't think this is going to be impact uh the character ghost from call of duty he literally is just voicing him in a tiny role in the newest modern warfare uh they can easily recast him so i don't think this is a big big loss um obviously we 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 hate this kind of stuff for i mean i don't (laughs) know what else to say to that his role in war like warzone is like tiny yeah so I, I yeah and apparently he's been saying stuff like this for a while which i just found about like on twitter which you know good for activision for dropping him yeah yeah agreed yeah good good job kick him to the curb i just i just uh uh searched him up and saw like two seconds of video i'm like nope yeah. that's uh, that's enough for me mm-hmm. after what i heard him say so yeah good for them for getting rid of him um and yeah. hope we never see him again absolutely I, mean, I do want to note that this also like says a lot too about the company that activision wants to be in terms of like call of duty because that that fan base can be very toxic so pretty much a yeah. bunch of versions of that guy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. unfortunately yes yeah. and activision is like going a thousand percent into call of duty and like nothing else so it's like oh man oh man yeah uh Next up, guys, we've got some Xbox news. Uh, The Coalition has announced that they are moving to Unreal Engine 5 to focus on next-gen with multiple new projects in the coming years. And they also say that there's no announcements coming for some time. So uh, this is a little bit surprising to me. Not a lot surprising. A little bit surprising because uh, they've been on a pretty good cadence with Gears of War. Gears 4 came out and uh, they actually completed Gears 4 in less than three years. Like they they had their old studio name was Black Tusk and then they changed to the coalition when Microsoft bought the Gears of War IP. They made that game in less than three years, which is an incredible a testament to what they, they did there. Uh, Rod Ferguson did an amazing job building that team. And Gears 5, again, was another three years after that. So I had expected that we would see Gears 6 in 2022. That would be three years after Gears 5. But now it's sounding like that will not happen. Um, we might get like a teaser at E3 next year, not this year. Um but uh, yeah, it's, it is interesting, but it's also good at the same time because Gears is literally that amazing looking game that Xbox has. That's always the visual amazing 
masterpiece that you, you just expect, you know, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is that for PlayStation 5, as we'll talk about a little later. But yeah, uh, so it's not surprising, but it is exciting that they're working on multiple projects as well. So guys, that was a surprise to me. Yeah, by the way. Yes. Which is the most exciting thing about about that. Yeah. And I had to look this up. I couldn't remember when Gears 5 came out and I was surprised to learn it was like two years ago. Yep. 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Which feels like forever ago. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I'm I'm happy they're taking their time again because, like Daniel said, Gears is gorgeous. So like it's it definitely has a style, but it's like it's so it looks beautiful. I remember when we talked about Hive Busters a little while ago, and when I watched the trailer for that, like holy crap, how does this look so good? It's like this is crazy. So them taking their time to make whatever they're going to make, what I expect, whether it be Gear Six or or something else, I'm excited to see their progress on what that long time looks like. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, I was literally about to say that after you <laughs> finished, Roro. You said it for me. I mean, <laughs> I perfectly said. Uh, some more Xbox news, guys. I want to just say, we talked about this. I don't know if you remember, Roro. We talked about this a long time ago. And this is something that we've all been clamoring for. Microsoft is introducing the console purchase pilot program, which will allow us Xbox insiders on Xbox one to register for a chance to reserve an Xbox series S or X console. So this is, this is what should have been done from the get go. In my opinion, like Mm -hmm. this is the way you avoid getting a ton of bots uh, taking away consoles from people that actually want them, like people that don't want to scam people. And this is awesome because it's essentially giving the the most hardcore fans, if they haven't had a chance to get them, a chance to get them because the insider program, obviously only the, the hardest core fans are in the insider program. And then if you're on Xbox one, obviously you, you haven't gotten a series S or X yet. So that's very cool that they're going to spin this program up. Obviously it's not, uh, rolling out globally yet. So I'm sorry, Roro, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, this is kind of a, a cool entry point. And do you guys think that we'll see this stuff kind of happen a little bit more, uh, moving forward, uh, from, you know, Sony and Microsoft or, or what do you guys think from this? The closest I can akin this to is uh, before the PS5 pre-orders came out, Sony sent out an email to just yes. random people saying, "If you know you you're entered, if you want to pre-order PS5, congratulations, you got chosen as someone who uh, has the opportunity to." Uh, what Xbox is doing that's different that I like more is um, going directly to the dedicated players who want uh, an Xbox Series S or X who are still an Xbox One through the Insider program. Um, and giving them the opportunity to, to pre-order through that program, which I think is a badass move from Xbox. That, that's so cool. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope we see more of it so I can, you know, get one of these things someday. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's a great move from Xbox, and they just keep keep doing these awesome consumer-friendly moves that I think is fantastic. Um, yeah, at, at the end of the day, I, I hope we see more of it, and I think it is a a very good move on on their part to to make this available. Yes, Christian. <laughs> Presumably, <laughs> sorry, it's like a teacher calling on us. Yes, Christian. It's like I I am a former former educator, so sometimes I have that habit. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. 
Uh, presumably, presumably, the uh, pre-order would go through the Microsoft Store. Is that correct? I believe so. Yeah. That. Yeah. Because I don't okay. know of any other platform that they would have to buy on there but yeah because i think on the microsoft store now you can buy like all kinds of stuff including consoles on um the actual like xbox store that's where i got my controller oh nice yep nice yeah cool uh yeah we're very excited about this stuff and we 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 proposed it months ago we could just say that it can't they got the idea from us i mean from you guys yeah yeah. you watched an episode like you know what? That's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, moving on. The May Xbox dashboard update is out right now, guys, and includes the ability to see what games are suspended with quick resume now. Uh, but more importantly, it's getting improved reliability and faster loading times, which is really cool. Um, and also adds pass through audio for media apps. I know like a lot of people use Disney plus and, and Netflix and YouTube and all of that. So that's cool to get that. But the most important, important thing is we're getting a new dynamic background. I want more dynamic backgrounds, guys. I want a halo infinite dynamic background, please. Christian, make it happen. Me. <laughs> oh, I'll, <laughs> did you guys see the the clip of the uh the og xbox like dashboard yes. going around like you can do yeah that's that's so cool very cool it, it's just the small things on the xbox dashboard like that it just makes that system pretty cool i i i don't know i don't i watched the video i don't know if i had the sound off i don't think i did but it would be cool if you could have that background with the og sounds as well i i have the the 20th I think it was the 20th, 20th anniversary PlayStation theme. Never took it off once I got it, because when you boot it up, it does the PS1 sound, and once you're in the menus, it has, like, the retro PlayStation sounds I go, while you're going through the menu, and I, I love that kind of stuff. So it's cool that Xbox is doing that, but um, I would just like to hear the sounds, too. That's just me being picky. I don't even have an Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> and correct, me, correct me if I'm wrong, but did Sony... Sony removed dynamic like uh, their custom uh, uh, dynamic backgrounds and stuff uh, from PS4 because I thought they had that in PS4 pretty heavily and then PS5 I feel like they don't have that or it's limited. There are no themes on PS5. Okay, which is weird because it's like you'd think (laughs) that that was that was one of the cooler parts of, of PlayStation 4's UI was like you could put whatever you want on there. Like I think I had Uncharted on there for a long time uh, just because that music is so good. Um, but uh, and now and, Microsoft's trying to, I guess, catch up to that. But then Sony also needs to catch up to themselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. So <laughs> Can you change the color on the PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5? Nope, so not at all. I, okay. you, you, I think you get like a like a dark mode, but that's about it. Okay, gotcha. Just like because the, I, I remember when the PS4 just started, I think you could just do red and like a couple of different colors, and then you got the dynamic themes. So I was hoping maybe they're in the works, but maybe not. Maybe one day. One day. Maybe one day. <laughs> uh, guys, <laughs> they would need they would need to like completely re- redesign the UI of the PS5. I think if they wanted to do themes, which mm-hmm. is True. the issue there. True. Yeah. And I think Microsoft was in a similar position, too, for Xbox One. Their original UI that they had was not complimentary for, like, themes at all. Like, it was it was not very good. The original Xbox One UI was not good. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. 
Uh, moving on, guys, to some E3, sort of E3 stuff, I guess. Uh, I guess you could call this E3, sort of. Uh, EA Play Live is coming back July 22nd. And we're assuming Battlefield 6 will presumably be there. And we have gotten a little bit more information about Battlefield 6. And it seems like we're going to get a reveal of that, whatever that means, like a teaser trailer or whatever we're going to get very soon. EA continues to tease that. Um, but they did say that it's going to release between October and December of 2021 which is going to be a hot fall this fall with uh, Horizon Forbidden West, Halo Infinite, Battlefield 6, whatever the next Call of Duty is. Oh, it's already filling out to be a, a really busy fall. Um, so, guys, this is not E3. Let's not, let's not say this is E3 because EA does not want this to be called a part of E3, which, I, yeah. I don't get it, yeah. but it, whatever, whatever. <laughs> marketing marketing <laughs> yeah i don't understand that it's, it's kind of silly to me why they wouldn't just go a month earlier and just include yourself with the e3 marketing hype i don't yeah railroad do you have thoughts on uh ea's poor decision making in that regard um no because it's not surprising to me from the uh, <laughs> <from EA. laughs> Um, I, I'm excited to see more from Battlefield, I guess, but they keep keep kind of teasing it like over and over. Um, I just want to see it now, but, um, yeah, I mean, EA is going to EA at the end of the day, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah. Um, if any, if, if anything, having it be in July instead of June, like separate from E3 makes it, makes it feel like there won't be as many like big reveals as I would like. Like I want to see an update on next skate game yeah (laughs) you know that is true i think a lot of people would love to see an update on the next skate game (laughs) but uh of course ea will not deliver that because they don't like people but no i'm kidding (laughs) uh moving on gabe newell from valve has hinted that steam only games are coming to consoles he says we should know more by the end of the year the weirdest thing about this, he literally delivered this information at some kind of like public school event or something. Like he was on stage talking about this stuff and he just offhandedly said this. I was like, what? At a school? Uh, Christian, would this excite you to have some, some games that are currently only on Steam come to consoles or maybe Steam itself somehow come to consoles? I would love that. But at the same time, we're, we're hearing that Gabe Newell drop this at like some random school makes it believe makes me believe or think that maybe PlayStation was, PlayStation was like, huh, this is the first we've heard of this. Yeah, maybe something that Steam wants to do. But I would love it. Are you kidding me? I want to see games like Phasmophobia on console. Yes, you know. Yes, that would be sick. It, Phasmophobia is frightening, especially in VR. <laughs> oh my gosh! Especially if we get like future like Discord integration. Having Steam games and Discord on a PlayStation console would be yeah. killer. It'd be killer. Oh, a lot of people were even uh, uh, saying like Half-Life Alex on uh, PlayStation VR 2. Mm. Maybe that's a possibility oh. now. That'd be cool. Would that work though? Since the, I don't know if PSVR 2 has finger tracking. Uh, well, uh, I'm not sure about that, actually. I don't think that they've confirmed a ton of information about PSVR 2, but it's funny you mentioned that, Christian, because we do have mm-hmm. some information about that 
in the topic of the show. So make sure people stay tuned for that. Um, yeah, I, I think this is cool. I love having more options for uh, to play my games. Uh, Steam, there's not a lot of Steam games that come to mind that I'm like, yes, I, 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 I want to play that on my console. Or, But at the same time, I Half-Life, that would be awesome. Love to, to dive into that on, on console. That would be really cool, uh, especially for people who don't have access to a good gaming rig. Just having those options there is is always great. So True. I'm definitely here for that. But this is this is like this is kind of like your rant earlier, uh, Daniel. Like <laughs> this guy's just talking at at a school, like, and you're just reporting on it. Like, like yes. I, I guess it's Gabe Newell though. But you know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's a pretty big big guy. But at this, it's kind of just reminding me of that, like, just offhanded comment and like, yeah, publish this. <laughs> Um, I also want to just point out for our next story, I dropped the ball and I went out of order here. So this would have made more sense before this. But uh, the Gorilla Collective Showcase is back for 2021, guys, and will feature 80 plus games from studios like 505 Games, Inner Sloth and more. Uh, Inner Sloth is the developer of Among Us, of course. And 505 Games is the publisher for games like Remedies Control. So um do you guys are you guys excited for this i know last year i think last year's actually was pretty solid i remember watching it because i think kind of funny kind of uh assists with the production of this and uh it was actually pretty a pretty solid event last year it was definitely better than like devolver digital's e3 that they do every year (laughs) like uh but yeah uh are you guys excited is there anything uh you want to see out of this in particular or i missed it last year um i I caught highlights if i remember right or just like the recaps from like ign or just like random stuff on youtube this year i'm more excited to to catch this because i have more platforms where i can play you know tons of these games and who knows maybe like my next game of the year or like future game of the year could show up at one of these i i i love control so i am very excited to see whatever 505 does next um yeah i'm stoked yeah, I'm in the same boat. Uh, I love the attention that indies indie games gets uh, gets at these at these events. Um, I remember Lake being showed off here. I'm still waiting for that to come out. I think it's supposed to come out later this year. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for 505's next thing as well. Um, the people who made Among Us that'll be cool to see what they've got cooking as well. Um, whether it be more Among Us stuff or something new, definitely definitely exciting. So yeah, I'm I'm on board. Absolutely. Um, and our last news story, guys, uh, this is from, I believe Christian added this. Correct, Christian? I did, okay. yeah. Uh, yeah, so I didn't even see this, actually, because I think this just dropped today, and I'm always terrible at checking my Twitter before the show starts. But, uh, yeah, uh, apparently Xbox Party Chat will now support transcribing speech into text and synthesis of speech from text, which is... Very cool. Uh, Accessibility-wise, that's awesome in terms of, you know, people who need those functions. Like, to, that's one thing that I feel like Microsoft has done really well with in general is uh, accessibility. They have so many things, like the uh, Xbox uh, accessibility controller. I forget what it's called. Uh, it's escaping me right now. But uh, they have that. They have so many platform features that have high, cr- high contrast modes, zoom modes, all these features. So yeah, this is another cool, cool thing to, to add to this. Um, yeah. 
Exactly. Exactly. Microsoft is, I think, leading. And I mean, especially in terms of like the console space, leading uh, the accessibility train. As, as you mentioned the controller already. So seeing the the party chat system like integrated with speech to text or text to speech. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is 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 very cool. Yeah. I want to see more of this stuff on other platforms as well. Yeah. Roro, you're gonna use some yeah. speech to text action. That was a terrible uh, move. If anyone's watching <laughs> on YouTube, sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I I don't know if I will, but I love that it is it is there, and that for people who do need it and and do want to use it, that it is it is there, and I think that uh, people like Stephen uh, Stephen Spo, I always pronounce yep. his name wrong, and Stephen Saylor, mm-hmm. like those people who are really pushing accessibility, have brought these issues into uh the spotlight and people like xbox and hopefully playstation soon and just everybody in the gaming industry is kind of noticing that these are important issues so and they're following suit at least xbox is um, following suit and making it part of their ecosystem for gamers that that need it and yeah i I, every time an accessibility thing comes up I, i always say i can't imagine not being able to play video games and it's awesome that people like Steven are making it possible for if, God forbid, someday I, I wake up and I can't see, they may be an option that I will still be able to play my favorite game. So yeah. good for them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you even mentioned PlayStation. Like uh, at the platform level, PlayStation doesn't have a ton of stuff, but they do have some stuff. Uh, I feel like they could learn a lot if they just brought in Naughty Dog into their system developers like and say hey yeah i mean i've yeah last of us part two was a phenomenal use of accessibility and it was lauded for all the things that they added for that so yeah call up naughty dog playstation and get some get some tips or even insomniac i think there was well we'll we'll get into that (laughs) i was gonna say naughty dog's uh busy remaking the last of us right now true (laughs) true yes uh moving into the games we are playing guys i have played a new game scavengers uh which we've talked about on this podcast before for news related purposes but uh yeah i actually dove into the early access of scavengers and actually had a lot of fun with it um it's very interesting it's very different than what i thought it would be and it's funny because i was in well Okay, I can't say that part. But anyways, uh, it's very different than what I expected from it. So uh, I I played it and enjoyed it very much. Um, The first couple games I played, it was a little iffy. I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this because we kept running into, like it squads you up with people and we kept running into uh, like AI, but we could never find like actual people. And I was like, are there actually people on this map? So then I played a couple more matches and actually I, we were starting to get into some serious uh, fights at that point. But essentially it's like a battle royale uh, survival game. So essentially you have to get to the end and get on this ship uh, to, to essentially escape uh, out of atmosphere and it was very cool to kind of get to those last moments and you have like multiple gun battles on 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 and around the ship like in the timers counting down till when the ship's going to take off and you're just like it's super intense and and very uh yeah crazy crazy events so i had a lot of fun with that actually and uh definitely recommend it so if you guys haven't checked it out i'd definitely recommend checking it out 
I can't it, stop it, calling that game Scavengers. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've, I'm one of those. Yes. Yeah. Marvel has pounded that in our brains now. And broke me. Yeah. Yeah. Roro, what are you playing? Um, right now I am playing the new season of you guessed it, Destiny Two. I know wow. you probably did not see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> Every week, Christian, I, I when they get to this part, I'm like, I'm playing Destiny Two. I'm playing Destiny Two. I'm still playing Destiny yeah. Two. <laughs> um, but I have a good reason to be playing it right now because the new season came out, and this season is called the Season of the Splicer. So it's all about, or the story is talking about uh, a fallen or elixney, which is the correct term to use. Fallen is apparently a very racist term, so don't call them fallen in the game, not in real life. In the game, don't call fallen fallen. That. That's rude. It's very rude. They don't like that. Oh. So, um, there is a, a elixney called Mithrax, who is part of the House of Light. So they worship the Traveler, so they're good. So basically, we're trying to, trying to uh, protect them from the Vex, who are doing some bad stuff. So there's a really cool... Uh, new uh, seasonal activity called override where it's pretty similar to gambit where you just c- kill a bunch of enemies grab some moats put it into a bank and you progress that way there's bosses that come out and you're just shooting a bunch of stuff which is why i love destiny i love shooting a bunch of stuff um but besides the awesome seasonal activity the story is really picking up picking up really good we've got some returning voice actor voice actresses uh I for Tora, oh, I'm so upset that I, I didn't research this before, but the Ikora Ray character is back and she's been dormant for a very long time. She's just been sitting in her part of the tower, so it's really exciting that she's yeah. back in, in in the in the game and her and I think they got the, the actress to come back as well. And uh Lakshmi Six, who was the future war cult um uh representative, I guess is back as well and they're really introducing some really awesome characters that have just been not saying anything for a really long time so it's really cool to have them back um so yeah i'm I'm really enjoying this season so far the weapons that they're introducing are super fun to play with so you guys can probably expect that i'm going to be saying i'm playing destiny 2 for the following weeks again besides that though i'm trying to find some gba games to play on my my ds that I got a while ago. So I'm still on the search for that. I'm probably try- I'm trying to get Sonic Advance 3. Yes. 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 Sonic Advance 3 is so good. I love that game. And it's been years since I played it. Um, I'm just trying to find it a, an appropriate price because I, every time I find it, it's like, holy crap. But uh, Amazon has it for like $30 to $40. So I may just cave to it and do it there. But I'm obviously looking for Advance Wars and that, holy crap, $300 for Advance Wars. So no. <laughs> But I'm I'm excited to play Sonic Advance 3 soon. Whenever I get a hold of it. Are you excited for Vault of Glass and and Destiny? Oh yes! How could I forget that? Yeah, that comes out May 11. It's this month. It's like in this a couple. Month? Yeah, I'm trying to remember the the exact date, but I think it's it's either next Friday or the Friday after. Wow! But yeah, I am so excited to play that again, dude. Oh man! Yeah, that's awesome. gonna be great. Fantastic, great, yeah. Dan, you got to get in some Destiny. I, dude, I was a huge <laughs> Destiny One fan. I played a, I had hundreds of hours of Destiny One, but then Destiny Two, I played quite a bit at launch, and then I lost all of my time because I went into the real world, and now I have <laughs> no time. <laughs> yeah. So 
Yeah, it sucks. I, I would love to play Destiny. Like, that's my problem with Destiny. I love the gameplay and stuff, and I would love to go and, and play hundreds of hours. I just don't have hundreds of hours to play. Of yeah. course, I and, say that oh, as as I play Master Chief Collection every week. But anyways, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, I was going to confirm the release date. May 22nd is when Vault of Glass comes out. Nice. So it's uh, next, next week, right? Next Friday? Next weekend, yeah. Next uh, wow. Saturday. Saturday, okay. Very exciting. Christian, what are you playing? I've I've been gushing about this game on Twitter um, a lot. It's my game of the year. I've been playing tons of Returnal. I I beat it last week with uh, 12 deaths. Two of them were uh, my console's fault. So 10 deaths is what I like to say. Um, I am going through right now to get like all these fragments for the secret ending. I, I just achieved them. So now I have to like play the final boss and, and, and see the final cutscene. So I'm very excited to do that this week. Um, and then today, Ro was asking about this uh, pre-stream. I've been thinking about switching up my stream on Twitch. I was like, hmm, what can I do? And so I said, well, let's play some old games. And I went down to my, my uh, storage and I pulled out my PS1 and my N64. Oh, wow. And so I'm going to do some testing to see if I can, uh, you know, play through the Metal Gear Solid games or, uh, you know, play some Ape Escape or, you know, I've never beaten Majora's Mask, so that'd be fun to, to, be fun. Fun to do. So, yeah, I've got options now. Should be fun. That, retro, yeah. retro Tuesdays. That's awesome. Uh, I'm assuming you're going to need a bunch of adapters to get that to... Uh... Oh, I've got them. Oh, okay. Sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's that's really cool. Uh, yeah. Where can people find you, Christian, to uh, watch that? Ooh. Ooh, good plug. Thank you. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Christian. <laughs> All right. uh moving on to the topic of the show guys the playstation show as i'm gonna call it uh but uh epic has uh this is another item that has come out of this whole epic versus apple ordeal epic apparently tried to pay 200 million dollars for playstation pc games to come exclusively to the epic game store this is a lot of money uh I'm surprised that Sony didn't like just take this offer right away. Like, yes, please. Like 200 million. Uh, does this surprise you? Do you guys think that uh, them releasing uh, Horizon Zero Dawn on Steam made more than 200 million? And I know they've released, I think they've released a couple of other games. I'm trying to think of what else they've released on Steam. That's Have they released stranding. the numbers at all? Yeah, Death Stranding. Death Stranding, yeah. Uh, I don't think they have, um, but I don't know. I, I guess I'm. I would just want to see the numbers, like, and see like mm-hmm. that compared to like this two hundred million dollar offer by Epic. I mean, knowing PlayStation, they probably loop in the numbers from Steam purchases into like, oh, this game made X amount of money. That just seems like a very Sony thing to do. Mm. Yeah. Uh- I don't know how this translates to money, um, but apparently the PC version of Horizon Zero Dawn sold 716,000 copies digitally okay. on its release in its release month. So, um, yeah, 716,000. I would say it was at least fifty dollars at launch. So that's thirty-five million. I mean, that's not. Yeah, so, yeah not two hundred million. No, <laughs> not two hundred million. No. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I guess with that information, yeah, I am surprised that they, they didn't just take the deal, but I don't know. I, I don't know how, I know a lot of gamers don't 
like the Epic Game Store for whatever reason. No. Um, I, maybe they were trying to avoid quote unquote bad press by just releasing it everywhere. Because in 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 honestly, that is a good move to have it on Steam, to have it on Epic. That's better for everybody. But it is interesting that they they didn't take the two hundred million for sure, especially with what we talked about last week with them wanting all this money from Epic to to do crossplay and stuff like that. They seem to be very stingy about that kind of thing. So. Yeah. yeah they're very hesitant when it involves anything to do that's not their own platform so mm-hmm. i i can see this easily as just declining this being like yeah. no sorry true <laughs> true and who knows what who knows what the other stipulations for were for this they might have had some crazy stipulations like release uncharted on you know on true. epic game store maybe they're not wanting to do that kind of leap so i don't know um <laughs> Our next story, uh, as Christian uh, alluded to this earlier, PlayStation VR 2 will reportedly include 4K display with eye tracking and haptic feedback. So they don't talk about uh, whether it has finger tracking or not, which that'll be interesting to see. Um, Obviously, for Half-Life Alex uh, possibilities, that would be important. Um, but yeah, the, the resolution is actually pretty significantly higher than anything on the market right now. Uh, the Oculus quest two currently has the highest resolution screen, I believe, which is, uh, 1832 by 1920 per eye, which that sounds weird, but, uh, <laughs> uh, and this would increase that to 2000 by 2040 per eye. So a little bit of a step up from the display that the Oculus quest two has, um, do you guys think that, uh, this next gen PlayStation VR headset is going to, do you, do we think it's going to light the world on fire? I, I think the problem with that I had with the original PlayStation VR headset was that there was just too many things going on with it. There was too many cables, too many adapters, too many, it was the same problem that I have with connect on Xbox, uh, any Xbox after Xbox one X, because you have to have like 20 adapters to get it to work. And I was like, this is not worth it. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, yeah. Do you guys think that, uh, the second iteration of their VR headsets going to take off at all? It, I think it'll depend on the games, and we'll talk sure. about it a little bit later with another new di- news item you have down there. The features itself, though, I love because it'll will be the like one of the top of the line headsets once this releases. Is that correct? With yeah. the you know the high resolution, I think the haptic feedback is going to be a huge one for immersion. Having only one cable, I know there's gripes that like people want this to be wireless, but one cable isn't as bad as the, yeah. the original PSVR. So for me, this is an absolute win. Yeah. Definitely. And I, I, that's exactly what I was going to say about the games things like for this to light the world on fire. I think the the software needs to be lighting the world on fire first. But yeah, I think the the all this that you read sounds fantastic. The the as it, it only gets better when there's less wires and there's less things in your face. It just is more immersive that way. So it's it's awesome that they're reducing it to one. Um, but yeah, I, I am excited to see more and I'm excited to see what games they have have cooking because i have yet to play a vr thing outside of an arcade and i would love to to get an oculus maybe or maybe this this uh someday yeah yeah uh it's very interesting i don't know everything it's just very interesting to see how uh how this is going to do and i think that it's 
it's going to probably ultimately come down to price. I know a lot of it is like how good it is, but like it also matters how much it is because like the PS5 is $500. That's not a a light, you know, light thing uh, in of itself. And then if this is another 400 to 450 or whatever it ends up being, it's a lot of money where, especially when you have competitors like the Quest 2, which I believe starts at 200 now, maybe. 300 yeah I, 200 or 300 I, i'm questioning well, for myself. me it's gonna be, gonna be different that's true <laughs> yeah your price is different i'm sorry uh it's i think it's 299 so it's 300 um the more the more i read about this thing and dan you're absolutely right is the the one biggest thing that worries me is cost yeah like unless sony's gonna like be willing to eat a huge cost which i'm not sure how much they'll will want to do that this yeah. thing is gonna cost like a, a big, a big chunk because it, it's it's more. The resolution is better than the Valve Index, and the Valve Index is like almost a thousand dollars, or it is a thousand dollars, something like that. So and, I don't know. And the hardest thing with that too is like the publishers oftentimes take a loss on consoles and then make up for it in software sales. But the hardest part about that with a VR headset in doing that is the VR games nine times out of 10 are not $70 games. They're usually like 20 to $30 games or $40 games. I don't typically, we don't get $70, you know, full experience, uh, VR games. So that, I guess that, that would kind of factor in as well if they can't make up the sales in, in terms of, you know, software sales, but mm. yeah. Uh, guys, moving on, Herman Holst, who is now the head of PlayStation Studios, uh, formerly of Guerrilla Games, says that 25 first-party uh, titles for PlayStation are in development for PlayStation 5, and nearly half are new IPs. This is a lot. So very, very exciting that they're continuing to invest in first-party games. And uh, obviously not all of these are going to be, you know, your Uncharted's or your your Last of mm-hmm. Us or like the big tentpole franchises. A lot of these are going to be, you know, uh, smaller indie titles or, or partnerships or, or whatnot. Um, and we've even talked about a couple of those the last couple of weeks from studios that are working on PlayStation games. Um, but nearly half being new IP is very exciting because uh, that never happens in the industry, I feel like, anymore. We we keep getting sequels and sequels and sequels. And as someone who loves Halo, I, I, would, I love my sequels and sequels and sequels to Halo, but I love seeing the new stuff as well. I like seeing what new ideas developers can come up with. So um, is this exciting for you guys, like for the future of PlayStation 5? Dude. Absolutely. You have no idea how happy I was to read this, especially when you considered like oh, two weeks ago, we had the news at the Last of Us remake. Like, thank yeah. God we're getting some like new IP on the way. Because yeah. I love supporting small and interesting ideas. This is why I love Returnal so much. Like, you don't see stuff like this. Yeah. Um, my thought was maybe some of the PSVR 2 titles might be included here. Yeah. I- I'm, I'm not sure. Who knows? Maybe they aren't. Um, either way, getting new new games is very exciting. Sure. Yeah, I'm excited for for new IP, especially from from PlayStation, where I love their exclusives and just the the their, the worlds that they have created. Um, just speak to me personally. Um, but yeah, like you said, with the Halo stuff, like this is how we get 
new halos like yeah. you make new ideas and then we get sequels out of those and those might be the new the new generation's halo like they grew up with that and they love it just as much as you love halo so it's awesome that they are they've got 20 25 you said new yes. new ideas in the, in the bucket so yeah awesome yes very good news um guys ratchet and clank have gotten a new big preview that a lot of people have been talking about online and oh my freaking goodness yeah. looks so good uh and I, I i put on here most likely last big one before launch i'm sure christian you uh i think you have some thoughts on that uh but uh i i think it may be the last big big media push i guess um, oh yeah but in terms of like we'll still have reviews and stuff like that uh but i'm very excited i'm sure you guys are as well but uh, i'll talk about that here in a little bit but just from your first glimpses of these new uh screenshots and and and, uh gameplay that we've gotten for from ratchet and clank how excited are you guys for this i told myself today i wouldn't watch any of these videos and then i watched the b-roll and then i and i couldn't stop watching the b-roll because it looks insane the movement in this game is like mind-blowing i still can't get over the way the grab like dimension grappler works because it's not the traditional like grappling to a point it's literally pulling the world towards you and it breaks my brain every single time i i can't wait for this game (laughs) yeah god dude like it looks so good like i cannot state how amazing this thing it's one of those games that like makes makes in my opinion makes me so happy that i'm alive you know like (laughs) i get to experience this one day it's it's just oh it's insane how beautiful it looks like the, the like christian was saying the movement it's insane uh i i was thinking about it today like insomniac just has like traversal down so good and i was like i don't think i've ever maybe in ration and clank i i did because it's a bit more linear and there's times where you have to fast travel but i'm like i don't think i've ever fast traveled from 2016 Sunset Overdrive to, to Spider-Man. I, I just love moving around in their games. And this looks like it's going to continue that. Um, Rivet is cute as heck, yeah. dude. I love her so much. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm so excited to, to dive into that story. Obviously, who knows when I'll be able to with PS5 not wanting me to own it. But, yeah, it, I'm just blown away with what, what I saw in Insomniac is killing it, dude. Killing it. Man. And people often talk about like I, I've seen so many people make this comparison, but my goodness, I I believe it, and it, it literally looks like Pixar. You're playing Pixar, yes. and yeah. and actually, it's funny. I tweeted that out, and then a little later, I saw somebody else tweeted. Well, we've heard this before, and apparently every single Ratchet and Clank game back to I think like 2006 or something. Not every single one, but like. Back to 2006, they had screenshots of people saying, well, this looks like live Pixar. This is the first time I actually believe that this looks like, like, literally looks like Pixar. Like, I, it looks unbelievable. I don't, I don't even understand how it's possible. Um, every, every now yeah. and then, uh, I, a game will come across where it's like, this is it. This is, like, the, the best games will ever look. And... <laughs> And like this is one of them because yeah. I can't believe how dense the, the environments in this game are going to be. Yes. Like, I don't, I don't believe it, and I know it's real, it's in-game footage, but I still don't believe it. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah it, that's. I don't remember the last time we talked about it, but I am just going to echo what I said last time. But I remember when we saw Spider-Man 27, the first Spider-Man game from Insomniac, the first time. Yeah. And we were watching the trailer for that, and I was like, there's no way this is gameplay. There's no way. And it was. And I'm getting the same feeling again with this. Like, there's no way I get to play this. But mm-hmm. yes, that's that's somebody controlling Rivet right now. It's <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah. And she looks awesome as well. Like, she had some mm-hmm. cool gadgets that uh, I've never seen Ratchet use before, which... That's very exciting. Uh, she was kind of like riding the the rail or whatever. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, and to your your point, Christian, uh, how they're able to put so much density on the screen. I have a a, a quote from uh, James Stevenson, uh, who's I believe the creative lead at Insomniac. No, community director. I was completely wrong. Uh, community director at, at Insomniac, and uh, essentially he says on on the SSD, we unload the things that are literally behind you from a camera perspective. If you spun the camera around, we could load them before you see that. That lets us devote all of our system memory to the stuff in front of you right now. So like, that's why this looks so good because they literally only have to render whatever you're looking at straight ahead. Normally with games, you have to render everything around you because you know you you have to when you turn you can't have like pop in but because of how the speed of the ssd when you turn it loads the game as you're you're turning which just blows my mind this is what i mean about breaking my brain dude like i (laughs) I can't fathom having to like build this in your engine i I just don't Yeah. yeah wow it incredible incredible i i wanted to note too that like the the preview yes. had a little bit of accessibility stuff that I thought was like really cool and and I know they're gonna do a deep dive deep dive on it later but some of the initial um, like feedback has been or not feedback I guess like the initial um, preview of it has been like whatever accessibility options you choose it won't affect um, trophies that's that's one thing that's that I think I found great and the other was um, you can apparently control the speed at which the game plays so if you need to play at a slower percentage you're able to customize that which uh, i i haven't seen before and i don't think any other games i I think that's really cool yeah that is really cool i i love i i'm sure you guys echo this i love seeing like new accessibility options like things that developers didn't think of before like hey how can we do this differently like I always think of the uh, the example of Grounded where they changed the spider from looking like a, a spider into just like a, a essentially a circle, which is funny. <laughs> but like just the crazy stuff like that that developers come up with to, uh, to I guess, you know, for accessibility purposes is really cool. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else, guys, before we close out the show? just so excited dude i'm watching the 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 gameplay as we're talking about it here i'm like oh my god oh my god (laughs) and that's soon that's what like three and a half weeks away something like that yeah i think i guess a month june 11th june june something yeah is it is it june 11th oh man i'm i'm excited friday it's it's an e3 month i'm pretty sure as well yeah yeah gosh so many games. I have Mass Effect coming out like tomorrow. I need I need to yes. buy and download that. Yes, and yeah. I haven't even played Resident Evil Village, and I have that too. <laughs> Me either. So yeah, 
So much stuff, guys. All right. Well, I guess we will uh, reluctantly move away from Ratchet and Clank. Thank you again <laughs> to everyone joining us both live on YouTube and on Twitch, as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thank you, Roro. Thank you, Christian. Uh, if you want to follow Christian at ISO Christian on Twitter, no H. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I am Daniel, and this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Much love and keep on gaming. Bye, everyone. Yeah.